Welcome to Diverse, the podcast of the Society of Women Engineers. SWE supports the advancement of women in engineering and technology. You can find all of our podcasts on SoundCloud, iTunes, and SWE's blog, All Together, at altogether.swe.org. Hi, I'm Jonna Gherkin, FY18 President of the Society of Women Engineers, and this is SWE's Diverse Podcast Series. Please remember to add this podcast to your iTunes and like or follow us on social media. Visit SWE.org for more details. Joining me now as part of our Men as Diversity Partners podcast series is Michael Milligan. He is the executive director and CEO of ABET, the leading global organization that accredits college and university programs in STEM fields. Thanks for joining us, Michael. Happy to be here. Michael, you have a PhD in electrical engineering, so please tell us more about your background and career. Sure. So after I graduated with my undergraduate from Michigan State, uh, I joined the Air Force and I was in the Air Force for 24 years and worked a number of different uh, jobs while on active duty. Uh, but one of the special opportunities I had was to go to the Air Force Academy as a first as an instructor and then as a, an associate professor. So I spent a good amount of my time, I'd say about half that time in the academic world, which was interesting because it kind of uh, got me more engaged into the, the whole profession of higher education. And while I was there, I became involved with ABET as a program evaluator, uh, which is uh, one of the uh, roles that we have for our, our volunteer corps, uh, the ones that go out and actually look at programs uh, in the different disciplines. And so got my first introduction uh, to ABET while at the academy. Uh, and then from then, I uh, retired in 2006, went to work at NASA Goddard for a period of time, continued my volunteer service with ABET, and then transitioned to full-time staff uh, in uh, late 2009. Well, that's quite the diverse career. Thanks for sharing that. And now that you've been the CEO of ABET since 2009, um, a lot has happened. And a few years ago, SWE became an associate member of ABET. Currently now to get a SWE scholarship, uh, the students do have to be enrolled in an ABET accredited engineering or technical program. So why is accreditation important? Well, accreditation is important for a number of reasons, but it really boils down to the whole idea of confidence. And I like to talk about confidence uh, as it applies to different uh, constituents. For example, students want to be able to have a, a good degree of confidence that when they graduate graduate from their program, undergraduate, and you know whatever engineering or computing, applied science field that they are studying, that they can then transition to a successful career. And so, uh, coming from a program that's recognized by a third party as being uh, a quality program, meet inserting certain and uh minimal criteria, I think is important to them. It's important to provide confidence to the parents that are writing the checks to, to you know, to pay for the tuition. Industry looks to ABET to make sure that the programs that they recruit from have some level of uh, quality uh, assurance uh, to it. And so uh, much like SWE looks to their scholarships, they want some confidence that these students are going to be uh, prepared uh, to be successful as uh, engineering professionals. And so uh, ABET provides that, uh, again, that level of confidence. And there's lots of uh, accredited programs around the world. Most of us in the U.S. are familiar with it, but there are also some global uh, organizations that are accredited as well. How many countries have ABIT accredited schools? Right. Well, this is actually a very exciting time for us because uh, starting about uh, nine years ago, we got engaged uh, directly in accrediting programs uh, internationally. 
prior to that, we'd always been involved globally through what we call these mutual recognition agreements where we have partner accreditors throughout the world that we recognize as being what we call substantial equivalent. We'd been in the position of mentoring uh, new, newly developed accrediting systems, but we started doing direct accreditation again uh, about eight years ago, and it's really grown tremendously. It went from zero programs to uh, almost 700 programs now in 31 different countries. And that's, I'm sorry, 30 countries, 31 including the US, of course. And so that's a, that's a pretty significant significant impact. I really like to think that uh, that is um, that growth happened for lots of reasons, uh, real positive reasons. I think one of the big things is students now uh, have options and they have options to study in different parts of the world, which, of course, um, you know, having some uh, quality assurance, some consistency is important. Uh, students also have the opportunities to get hired by industry throughout the world. And I know for a fact that uh, in, in engaging with our industry partners, there's a big demand for uh, you know, wanting, uh, you know, multinational corporations hiring uh, students out of college all over the world. And so, again, they want some sense of confidence that uh, these students are going to be prepared to, again, be successful as electrical engineers or computer scientists or what have you. And so that's where we come into play, because by going out and actually reviewing these programs, these companies have some sense of, uh, again, confidence that, yeah, we're doing uh, what's necessary to make sure the students are going through programs that are adequately preparing them. So international, I can, I can see growing uh, for the next several years because there's a lot of pent up demand. And I also think that, you know, programs around the world want to have some competitive edge. And I think this third party recognition of quality is important to them uh, for uh, for so many reasons. And that's great news for our members uh, that are in school around the world that want to apply for our scholarships. <laughs> yeah, excellent. And you right now you live in Maryland with your wife and your rest of your family of two sons. Your wife is also an engineer and hopefully a SWE member. And you recently wrote about her in an article uh, for the blog Medium. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Happy to do that. So uh, Medium is a blog uh, that I've been contributing to generally uh, once a month, and I, I pick different topics uh, uh, related to STEM education. But it occurred to me that in March with the uh, International Women's Day, it might be a good opportunity for me to talk a little bit about my wife and her accomplishments. Um, when we were first married, she had just had a few classes uh, at community college level, had not actually entered a, a, a uh, four-year program of any type. Uh, and then shortly after that, we went off and uh, she went off rather and uh, earned her degree in electrical engineering uh, at two different universities and while raising a family at the same time. So there were a lot of challenges there, a lot of success, but also a lot of challenges. And I think um, talking a little bit about some of the obstacles that she overcame, I, th I thought was a good example, I think for others, uh, because really the, the, the key to success uh, in, in getting through, uh, you know, pretty rigorous curriculum like engineering, electrical engineering in this case, is perseverance and having that, um, you know, having that uh, foresight to understand that, yes, you know, day to day, there's a lot of challenges in my in my way, but I can be successful as long as I keep my, you know, kind of my eye on that long term goal of, uh, of graduation. Excellent. Excellent. And you, now that you've had chance to work in both academia and industry, and you've been through this experience with your wife as well, uh, what do you think that men can do better to be better diversity partners for women engineers? Well, men can do a lot. I think support was what I was just talking about previously in, in terms of my wife finishing up school and, and my supporting her and, and our, our family really supporting her. But men specifically, you know, I've always uh, been a strong believer in the importance of leadership. And I've seen uh, leadership in action, strong leadership in action. And I think men uh, uh, can, are in, in many opportunities to be proactive uh, and uh, proactive in furthering diversity because I think most people know, you know that uh, the best solutions come from diverse uh, groups of people. And uh, 
promoting diversity in the workplace, uh, certainly proactive recruitment, um, setting the example uh, by uh, not only hiring uh, women, but uh, you know, providing them the opportunity to be successful in their careers and getting promoted up through uh, the various ranks. Uh, I think also, um, you know, I, I I personally believe in this concept of servant leadership, which is really uh, just allowing your people to be successful, but making sure they have the opportunities and the tools to do so. So if you give your opportunities, in this case, women, all the tools they need to be successful, the training, um, uh, the the mentor uh, mentoring that they need, and so forth, that allow them to uh, be promoted up through uh, the various ranks in industry uh, and setting the example for others, I think is is critically important. Now, the other part of that though, is really uh, providing support for the family side, much like I referred to in the Medium post. You know, you have to make sure that women uh, have the opportunity and men as well uh, to um, put family first and allow that flexibility to have a really meaningful and uh, uh, sustainable uh, family work-life balance because that's so critical uh, to, to uh, working uh, professionals, men and women, but, uh, you know, much of that burden falls on women. So I think being, uh, particularly proactive in that area, I think is important. And overall that really goes towards the, uh, you know, the overall, um, priority on keeping, you know, valued employees. If people are, are doing good work for you, uh, you need to provide them all the, uh, opportunities to be successful. And again, um, whatever that requires, whether it's, uh, you know, professional development or, uh, providing opportunities for family work-life balance, it's, it's all critically important. And men in many cases are in a position to make all that happen. Thanks for sharing that. Now ABET has several women in leadership roles. Can you tell us more about what ABET is doing to promote women leaders and diversity in engineering overall? Right. Well, one of the reasons that I was excited when Sweet came in as a member of ABET is because I thought it was going to be a truly win-win situation. I know that Sweet and their um, sort of in their visioning statement of a few years ago uh, was really looking towards finding opportunities for women to to be uh, have meaningful and and substantive uh, opportunities in leadership in high technology and other places. And I think ABIT's a perfect place for that. You know, we bring our volunteers in, our they do the evaluations, they work their way up through uh, the volunteer core from evaluators onto the commissioners, team chairs, and then eventually, if they desire, up into our board of directors and so forth. So. Uh, since I've been at ABET since 2009, I've, I've served under three women presidents, uh, which is, you know, if you think about it, pretty substantial considering engineering and the STEM disciplines in general, in many cases, are male dominated. So I've, I've served under three women presidents. Uh, our current board of directors numbers 13, uh, of which six are women. So we have almost a 50-50 split with uh, gender equity on our board of directors. And then through the commissions, which is the operational arm of ABET, they're the ones that actually uh, make accreditation decisions. They execute the, uh, the reviews and so forth. We have four commissions, one for engineering, one for engineering technology, for computing and applied sciences. And the chairs of those commissions, three out of the four are also women. So I think it's pretty obvious that uh, you know, we believe very strongly in uh, promoting the best talent. You know, and uh, in the cases of the, that I described, those that that talent it happens to be happens to be female, which is great. And again, back to the whole idea of uh, leadership uh, and setting the example, having women in senior positions like this uh, bodes well because uh, other women see that as an opportunity for themselves to uh, to do exciting uh, work like we do at ABET, and also uh, have a, a fair opportunity to get again promoted uh, as far as they like. That's great news. We really it's really refreshing to hear that. Thanks so much. Any last thoughts that you have for our listeners today on um, what ABES is, ABET is doing in diversity or in um, engineering, uh, promoting engineering overall? Well, one of the messages that I like to share whenever I get an opportunity to speak with groups is the whole idea of uh, 
what ABET's role is in helping really kind of um, uh, improve the, the the quality of life around the world. And I, I mean that in the most sincerest terms. I mean, sure, we're an accreditor and that's a tool that we use, but really what we're doing is we're making sure that the education and the preparation uh, uh, that the students have before they go off and become professionals suits them well and prepares them well to be successful, not just in their careers, their personal careers, but also, you know, helping to helping them to, to solve the big problems of the world. Because, you know, you don't have to just pick up a paper every day to see the, the, the you know, the many challenges facing us as a planet. You know, we've got the, 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 United, or the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, which are very broad. Uh, uh, in, in terms of uh, sort of the categories of problems that they're they're looking at, everything from you know global warming to uh, gender equity to uh, you know making sure there's enough clean water and uh, carbon sequestration, all those types of things, to the uh, National Academy's grand challenges. So I firmly believe that ABIT plays a significant role in partnership with SWE in preparing these future engineers and STEM professionals to go off and help solve these big problems. Because you know at the end of the day. Uh, you know, our planet is pretty small, but the problems are pretty big and it's going to take a lot of dedicated technical professionals to solving many of these complex problems. And, uh, you know, I feel very good that uh, ABIT's in a unique position to help uh, help us address those. Very true. Very true. So to learn more about ABET, please go to abet.org. And to learn more about SWE's scholarships to ABET accredited programs, go to scholarships.swe.org. Freshman applications are accepted until May 1st. Michael, thanks so much for joining us today. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Michael Milligan is the executive director and CEO of ABET. I'm Jonna Gherkin, and for all of us at SWE, thanks for listening. <laughs>